This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2. Huddersfield. Oi. Thank you. Champion Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Hello and welcome to episode 193 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. The lads are down to the bare bones again this week. David Hartrick was scheduled to join us on his Whistle Stop promotional tour of weareterriers.substack.com, but he has unfortunately been called up by the scientists at the National Institute of Health as the lightning rod of all COVID strains and illnesses is once again back in the sick bay, so he must be studied. Cosy offered to join from a Spanish restaurant in Madrid, but you go enjoy your holiday, mate, and instead... Literally saving the podcast this week as I was dying to pull it because I'm full of cold. I'm joined by Josh Grealish Phillips. How are you doing, Josh? I'm not so bad, mate. Not, I wasn't too good this morning because uh, I was in the White Rose yesterday and we had had a few drinks uh, during the day. So I'm glad this podcast... I thought you at the shopping centre for a moment then. I thought, I oh, no, the White Rose. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we had a few drinks yesterday and uh, just about recovered now. Good. Um Right, so uh, thank you for saving the podcast this week. For those of you that were unaware or would have been unaware, Josh literally stepped in this week because no one else could do it and there wouldn't have been a podcast if he hadn't done so. So thank you, Josh. Um, And also thanks to uh, Magic Rock Brewing. Are you searching for that ideal Christmas present for your beer-loving chums? If so, head to magicrockbrewing.com and check out the town fan pack. The gift includes town lager and some socks all in a swanky triangular gift box. And if you use our code of AHTTC10, you'll get 10% off. What to do? What to do? So, 
Huddersfield Town 1, Bristol City 1. Uh, I warn anybody listening, this is probably going to be a, a relatively quick podcast, a quick summary, because it wasn't really that fun to watch. It's probably not going to be that fun to go over either. Um, I think my initial thought when I saw the team, and it was Stephen Chicken who um, brought this to everyone's attention, was that Sauber Thomas was suspended. Um, Stephen, you know, follow him on Twitter if you don't. He was the one breaking that, or, or breaking that on my timeline anyway. Um, and my heart sank a little bit, to be honest, Josh, because he's such a big miss when he doesn't play because he's literally the only creative outlook that we've got. But on the other hand, he has been lucky. He did look a little bit leggy at Swansea and you just think maybe a little break might do him a little bit of good. But this is one of those games where you were like, oh, you're home against someone else in the bottom half. You ideally need Sauber Thomas on the right-hand side, don't you? Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I thought... Um... I fancied us for the win, but then when I saw that Sauber wasn't available, I, I changed my opinion to a draw. Um, I think he's been he's been brilliant last don't know probably last couple of months. You know, Darren Moore fair play. He seems to be getting a tune out of him. Um, and Sauber actually came in and uh, did a quick chat in the in the White Rose Club, and he spoke pretty well. To be fair, um, how many times did he say yeah? Of course, because he pretty much starts every. Every sentence well, yeah. with that, doesn't he? Probably just zoned <laughs> out of that, because yeah. Yeah, of course. Um uh yeah. So it was always gonna be tough without, you know, your main attacking outlet because everything's been going through him really. Um so yeah, big miss and we missed his set pieces as well, I thought. We missed everything. The set pieces, we're doing a strange thing from set pieces at the moment where we're doing that sort of driven Danny Drinkwater-esque corner and then trying to head it back across the box. We, and, you know, it worked, didn't it, against um, Sunderland? Um, yeah. But we seem to be doing that quite a lot. But it's mm. I do miss the old in-swingers from, from Sauber. They were they were belting, weren't they? Um, yeah. A couple of years. Coroma didn't anyway. take the wind into account in one of his in the first half. <laughs> I don't think anyone... No one took the wind into account at all the entire game. That was that was one of the funny, funny moments about the game. Or the funny thing yeah. about it. Uh, right, so a horrible start, really, for Town. Town just... Like they were on spice, weren't they? To be honest, like the, the zombie version as well, not Basil, um, because they just zombified, weren't they? Um, mm. In particular, down our left-hand side, Tom Lees and Jaheim Headley had a torrid first twenty minutes, really, with uh, Jason Knight, the Bristol midfielder, and Mark Sykes. And mm. and to be honest, Mark Sykes is a player that we've that we liked when he was at Oxford, but he's uh, ended up at Bristol City, and, he, and we made him look like George Best. <laughs> With a, you know, he's, he's a Northern Ireland international, and we made him look like, you know, prime prime best at some points, apart from the end product maybe. But that first twenty minutes was was shaping up to be a bit of a long day, wasn't it? Yeah. So obviously, first ten seconds, wasn't it? Um, they got in behind and had a real chance to score. You sort of accept that and think, right, you've had your warning now. You know, maybe a bit slow off the mark that might kick kick us into life, but. It was just the same ball every time, slotted in, in between two of our players, and he'd run round the run round the right hand side and get onto it. And I don't know how they didn't score. To be fair, from one of them, at least one of them. So we we rode our luck in that sense. Um, Absolutely, and it's the end product from Max. There's a lot of crosses he fizzed across, wasn't there? there? Was no one there? And yeah, you know, I think yeah, well, uh, had we been playing a, a team of more quality not to do Bristol City down because I quite like a lot of the Bristol City team I mm. think uh, had we been playing at, at Southampton or uh, Leicester or any of the tops, top four or five I think we, we'd have probably been one or two down wouldn't we quite early on and then it's a, it's a mountain but 
to be fair, we 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 weathered a bit of a storm and sometimes on, on the podcast people in the comments sort of say, Oh, these players blatantly aren't playing for Darren Moore, but they blatantly are playing for Darren Moore. They mm. might not be playing very well, mm. but they're certainly playing for him at the moment, Josh. Yeah, absolutely. As you say, it's not it's not great to look at. I'm not gonna say for one minute that it is, but you know, when people say they're not playing for him, that's measured on, you know, effort and the effort is hundred percent there. Or else if it, if we didn't have the effort, we wouldn't be getting these results, we wouldn't be four and beaten. Um it's just the the lack of quality really, it's letting us down and not getting turning these draws into wins. But yeah, I'm not having it that they're not playing for him, they definitely are. That wasn't going to be the question there. I could feel a horrible cough coming along, so I had to sort of end it and throw it to you oh. and then go cough my guts up. Sorry about that. I'm, I, I am I am struggling at the minute. We'll see how we, we go with this. But yeah. with Town under the pump, the, the corner comes in. And where I was going with that is David Kasumu goes charging out. And just talk is about how he blocks the uh, the cross back in and charges upfield and uh, okay. lays yeah. the dock. Yeah, it was, it was a fantastic bit of play from Kasumu, you know, getting straight out there, not giving him any time, getting straight in his face. Then he got his reward. <clears throat> no, he blocked it and he got a nice bounce of the ball as well. It set him, you know, the whole pitch to go at. And he showed a good turn of pace as well, actually, which I didn't know he was that quick. Um, but I think, you know, part of it may be the fact that the defender didn't want to touch him because he knew that, you know, his potential, potential for a red card there. But then also, once he got into you know n- near the goal to have the the composure to put put it on a plate for Bergzorg, um, brilliant bit of play from Kasumu. I've always been a big fan of his, and I hope I really hope that this is the time now where he's not going to get any injuries. Every time he goes down, he went down yesterday with cramp a couple of times, and you think, I just hope it is just cramp because I really want him to get a run inside now, and I think he could be if, if he could keep progressing and get. I think there's a lot more to come from him. Yeah, and it, obviously that pass is perfect for the doctor who, like, uh, all good clinicians give Town give town a, sh- a good shot in the arm, didn't he? Mm. Um, yeah. yeah I think Kasumu has been, been excellent for for yeah. three. I think he's, he dipped slightly against Swansea, but you can forgive that because, you know, he's, he's coming out of a period of not playing for a couple of months and then he's thrown into, you know, three or four games in in a, in a, in a short period of time and, you know, so against Swansea, I think there was a little tiredness crept in, but he was back mm. at it, and I thought he was outstanding. Um, outstanding yesterday. Um, yeah, it was yesterday. It, honestly, this cold is actually addling my brain. <laughs> and, and next to Jonathan Hogg as well, I think Jonathan Hogg's an interesting uh, topic of conversation because I think I'm. I usually get accused of of being too harsh on Jonathan Hogg, but yesterday, sort of passing aside, some of his passing, but his passing's always been sketchy, but. Mm. I actually thought he did a lot of good things yesterday, and then but there's a lot of people sort of saying he was he was useless. But I I thought Jonathan Hogg was was quite good next to Kasuma. I mean, some of those passes, and I mean the the free kick at the end. Where <laughs> let's not bother talking about that. How he gave it to Reg, and I don't know what Reg was thinking. Oh, I but was fuming. I thought, <laughs> yeah, the, it, I thought in terms of like off the ball, I thought Hoggy was really good at, at picking up the seconds again and, and dropping into good areas. And I thought he did quite a lot of good things. To be honest, it's just the distribution was a little bit off, but. Um, I thought I thought he did all right. Um, I'm with you there. Yeah, I thought he had a good game. <clears throat> yeah, I was surprised to see. You know, some people said he didn't have a good game, and he got you know a lowish rating from Stephen, who's you know we see the game different, don't we? Sometimes, but 
But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I thought I thought he had a good game and um, just did his usual I mean, stuff. If you're looking at, he's still doing it, isn't he? Yeah, Whatever yeah. age he is now, he's still playing at that high, high level. <clears throat> yeah, just turned 35 last week, so happy birthday, yeah. Hoggy. Um, but I, yeah, I thought he did. I thought he did all right. Me. Um, I think if, I you're mean, if you're looking at John Pogba to be the creative central midfielder, then you're looking at him wrong, aren't you? That's the yeah. That's the bottom end of it with with Jonathan Hogg. But yeah, if you want in the yeah, team, yes, was, I'm not sure we get the draw. No, and, and I thought he was quite a, a large contributor to Huddersfield wrestling the initiative back at you know after sort of like 20, 25 minutes because that was going one way, and I thought I felt like he organised us a little bit better. Um, and you could see him constantly talking to Lees and Maxwell and organising and. And moving the pieces around, and that's what hockey's good at. You know, it's like it's like when you when you're a kid at football training, isn't it? And having you know your football coach playing five a side with you, and he's he's sort of moving you around and telling you what to do. It's, it's sort of a similar sort of thing, yeah. isn't it? But yeah, that, um, that no, long range shot as well. I thought you know got a bit of power behind. It's better than his usual shooting. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't have the the arc on it, did it? It was no. kind of like straight yeah. over. But yeah, keep him on yeah, free kick. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so the first half, I think first half was, it was a bad start, but it, it got better and, and it ended okay as well. Um, the second half though was just, it started really poorly and never really recovered. It was a really poor second half from town. I mean, Bristol scored straight away, didn't they? You know, they threatened in the first 10 seconds of the first half, you know, where Sykes gets in behind Headley and then Headley almost scores an own goal. But thankfully, Maxwell was quite quick off his line to, to block it. Mm. Uh, but... You know, the goal Bristol City scored, we give the ball away. Our passing is is bad. You know, it's it's really, really bad. And it has been for years now. It's not, not nothing new. We give the ball away quite cheaply and, and Bristol City just dissect us. And it just felt like the entire back three was just, just a step off. Um, usually they're a little bit more switched on to, to danger. Um, all three of them are players, you know, I think everyone on the podcast really likes. Pearson, Helican. And Lees and Helix, you know, have been an outstanding player for us. But they all just kind of had a moment there at the same time. Usually that never happens, does it? Like one of them might have a moment and the other will come and cover. And unfortunately, all, all three where it gets played in behind Pearson and the ball across is, is quite good. And Conway, the young striker, kind of peels off Helic and Lees doesn't really pick him up and he slots it underneath Maxwell. And you kind of look at it and think, could Maxwell maybe have done a little bit better? Maybe, should he? I don't know. So you you kind of just chalk that back, you just kind of chalk it up to a bad goal all round, really, don't you? And it's a, yeah. it's not exactly the, the start to the half you want, is it? No, and I've only just watched it back now because I didn't realize the second half had started. <laughs> and then you you text me saying, "You're still Max quaffing, right? You're still quaffing Max your bull wine." And yeah, so that wasn't pleasant to go back up when it's one one, and you feel like. It's weird because you've not seen it. It was but... my WhatsApp to you, wasn't it? You were like, I think that's what alerted you, and you were like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've watched it back now, and yeah, like you said, just, just caught off guard, weren't we? Uh, open. Oh, um, all of them. Yeah, all of them. Were yeah. Just same same way the first there. half started, really, wasn't it? You know, maybe maybe that's an issue. Maybe we're a bit slow off the mark um, at the start of halves. But um, yes, yeah, the first half, I I thought it was quite fairly enjoyable. I thought I thought we gave as good as we got. Um, second half, I think a combination of the weather deteriorating made it more difficult because we were playing into that, and a lack of yeah, options, options off the bench. There's not not really a lot you can do, and we just sort of ran out of ran out of legs. And by the seventieth minute, I was thinking 
draw is probably the best we're going to get from this. And yeah, I knew I we weren't going to score. Chances. I absolutely knew we weren't going to score. But yeah. we should have had the op- uh, the opportunity to do so. The For my money, the worst mm-hmm. refereeing performance we've seen all season by Andy Davis. I thought it was a complete disgrace in his, in his yeah. officiating. I thought it was horrendous. Um, the number eight for Bristol City absolutely scythed Kasumu twice. Both yeah. Stonewall bookings, you know, even a Premier League may have even given a red for one of them. Neither neither time a booking, I just thought that was unbelievable. And then their man runs into Matty Pearson and then he books Matty Pearson and then he books one of their men at the end as well for, for not even fouling it. We're just like, what? This guy was incredible. But the most yeah. grating decision is, is the penalty, isn't it? Um, penalty decision, which obviously wasn't a penalty. Um, Bergzog flicks it in the right, you know, the, the defender puts his hand up, it hits him around the elbow. Unbelievably, mm. according to Cosi, the Bristol City commentary team were like, no, nah, that's never a penalty in a million years. It is a penalty in a million years, every day and every day on Sunday twice. It's it's an unbelievably bad decision, I thought, from from the referee. It's a it's in an unnatural position. The linesman can see it, the referee can see it. It's just an absolutely woeful piece of officiating. And um We'd have probably missed, judging by how the second half was going, but you know, you, you still should, should have been given the opportunity to do so. I was, I was just really annoyed when I saw that in, in real time. I'm sat in the upper tier and I could see that was handball. So, you know, when people officiating can't see that, it's just frustrating, isn't it? And yeah. frustrating. Yeah, it's still, still bubbling with me there, isn't it? But I was, yeah. I was, I was annoyed by that, Josh, to ask the decision. It was, I, I just don't really see it being a debate at all. It's a Stonewall mm. penalty and it's a, and the referee should be. Bump, bump down to the conference as punishment <laughs> next week in my opinion horrendous mm. horrendous performance yeah you can sort of tell um, when you're at the game in real time you have a gut feeling like sometimes you'll appeal and deep down you, you know it's maybe not but on that one on first viewing I thought you know definite penalty but you know it didn't surprise me they didn't give it because you know like you said he was very poor he missed a lot of things and then he was fussy about other things. And yeah, I, I just thought <clears throat> not a good performance from the ref. Didn't help us out at all, really. No. Well, we need that <laughs> at the minute, unfortunately. Uh, and then the rest of the second half, it was just lacklustre. I mean, you, you you said you enjoyed the first half. I didn't really. Um, yeah. And I enjoyed well, the second you- half even less. I was a few points in by that point, so maybe I was... Yeah, you've got that excuse, haven't you? Whereas I, what did I have? I had a sugar-free Vim to us. So, yeah, not quite not quite the same for me. But, you know, Town in the second half, an XG, an expected goals of 0.05 in that second half. And it's just not good enough, really. I know we're still struggling with fitness and players down. We miss Radoni, etc. But to offer that lack of threat in the second half is just disappointing, really. I know it's... I know it's on the back of a hard couple of weeks and, you know, and, and I think people are going a little bit overboard on Darren Moore, if I'm honest. Um, I'll, I'll sit here and I'll say, you know, and you, you go back to the first podcast we did when we, when we got Darren Moore in me and Brady did a podcast and the whole point of the podcast really was to persuade me that Darren Moore is a good appointment because I didn't think it was. Um, so I'm not exactly a Darren Moore fan, so, but I'm not going to take the opportunity to jump in on him either because there are situations stacked against him. You know, he's got Danny Ward who, after 25 minutes, Danny Ward was done. He was absolutely done on his feet. Um, he had to come off. Bergsorg's been playing with a, a kneecap issue. You know, he was, after the second half, he was completely done. I mean, he's he's he's, stru- he's got these circumstances that he's having to deal with and he's got nothing to replace them with. And the only other striker that you can really choose 
is Josh Caroma. So, you know, he's if Danny Ward has to come off because he's barely moving, then the only option, I'm afraid, is to put Josh Caroma up front and then replace the right wing back. And who do you want on yeah. that right wing back? I Edwards. thought that was no, a bit of a late, bit of a lazy comment from some people saying, you know, <laughs> taking a striker yeah, off a defender, level. but yeah, you know, even, yeah. Um, they didn't change shape. Like, I mean, the shape didn't change. The shape didn't no. change, did it? It's just, I know it's frustrating because you, you, you want, you're at home and you want to be on the front foot, don't you? And and we sat here and we're going, it's boring. The XG of 0.05. <laughs> well, yeah, he took a took a striker for a defender. That's not going to help that. But there's no one else on the bench to bring on, and Danny Ward's no. done. You know, I mean, he's, he's, you know, and, and and the thing is, you're also thinking about Tuesday as well because if you keep some of these players on for 90 minutes, you know, the hamstring's going to twing, twing, you know, or twing. That's not even a word, is it? Twang within twang. sort of 10 minutes against Preston. If you start them, it's it's such a a balancing yeah. job he's doing at the minute, and it's so stacked. Like I say, it's stacked against it. I think if we didn't, if we perhaps didn't have a game on Tuesday, maybe Ward would have stayed on, and they'd have pushed yeah. a bit more, but. You know, it's, you've it's got to look after players as well. Yeah, because like you said, having such a threadbare squad, when you when you've got injuries, the last thing you want to do is get more injuries because then you really are you're gonna have to start playing kids, aren't you? You know, if Berg's and they're all injured, Harrit's injured, yeah. Hudlin's injured. <laughs> yeah, no, beyond so, them, you know, I don't know. Is there anyone else? <laughs> Any other strikers at the club? What's it called? Is it Hakim or Hasim Bakri who at the minute has scored a couple of goals for the under nineteens? You know, oh, you know, he's next, yeah. isn't he? Or Charles Ondo. Charles Ondo, they flirted with him as a striker, oh, yeah. didn't they? And they I moved wanna, him back to the yeah. wing. Fathers fathers played him up front, didn't he? Yeah, he'd never seen a striker that lad in his life. He would no. gone from left back to left midfield. I think he played one game up front and done all right, and then they've thrown him in the yeah. first team and he just he didn't look natural. But as a left sided no. player he looks quite handy, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So well, yeah, um, there's three kids on the bench who've never. I think it was three. Michael Stone's so. never been on the bench before, so you know that's something bench. to celebrate. It, yeah. it, you know, it's not something to yeah. be disappointed with. It's something to celebrate that Michael Stone. I think he scored twice against Rangers in midweek for the B team, and then he's been rewarded with a place on the bench. I think that's a good thing, uh, and that's what you want to see, isn't it? You want to see people playing for the under twenty ones or twenty threes, whatever it's going to be going forward or B team. Uh, and then being rewarded the right, on the bench. It's a good thing, but you want the other eight subs to be senior players who can play in many positions. Ideally. Whereas they were all defenders and a couple of midfielders. Yeah, and that it just indicates the problem, doesn't it? And it's it puts such pressure on January because I'm I'm I've been sat here for months thinking if we make a mess of if Jan, if this January mirrors last January. Huddersfield Town will go down this season and I don't say that easily. Uh, mm. I just think the division's better at the bottom end this season and if we sign poorly again, then it's not going to improve us and we'll, it'll be a struggle. But, you know, it just puts pressure on being able to get the right players in. I, th- I think we can go get the right players. But like I say, January is difficult and it's going to be costly. Um, so hopefully, hopefully the club take that to count. I think Kevin Nagel's got the bit between his teeth. I think he wants to do you know, I think he wants to go out and get players. I don't think he sat there thinking, you know, what, let's let's get through to the end of the season with a threadbare squad and pay minimum, and then mm. we'll see what happens next year. I don't think he's thinking that for a second, but I think he's thinking, you know, he's, he ha- they've been having, like I say, we keep saying he's been hamstrung by the you know financial forecast in the FFI, you know, where they've not really been able to spend a lot in the summer and they've had to mm. release more to try and rework the wage bill, and a lot of stuff was done by by Neil Warnock but the, you know they've removed that now and it's all down to Mark Cartwright and his team and you know let's see what they can they can bring in he did you know he brought in some decent players at Stoke initially so hopefully um, hopefully we're looking 
going to be good, going to be in good shape. But anybody who thinks there's going to be five or six signings on the first first day of January probably will be disappointed because a lot of these are domino effects, aren't they? It requires sometimes a big club to allow someone to leave, and clubs that have clubs that are going for things and have players. Um, that are uh, useful in terms of the squad. Uh, don't always let players out initially, and it's the, it's like buying a house in it, Josh. Essentially, you, you're waiting for chains to happen and all sorts. So, um, a bit of patience think, might be needed. We need five or six, to be fair. I think we just I, I kind of do. Do you think? I think I think we need four. Yeah. Four uh, first team players. Four, I think we need three or four. Players. I think we need the squad padding as well in case we get injuries again. Um, which can be loan, you know, can be loan, you know, borderline. I think we need, and the thing is the first team players have to have, you know, one or two of them have to have magic in the boots. They can't just be Martin Wagon, uh, you know, although he's doing all right, isn't he, Derby this season. But yeah. it can't be a, a player like Wagon who comes in and scores one goal in 18 games. It can't be that. It's got to be no. someone who comes in and scores seven or eight in 18 games. You know, it's got to be someone good, someone who changes the dynamic of how we play someone who can hold the ball up, bring others in better than what we're doing at the minute, someone who can do things by himself. Um, and then maybe more more support for what, so when Sauber suspended or he's injured, uh, you, you're not you know, sat there thinking, oh, well, we're not going to win today, we're going to draw now because our one player who can create things is out injured. You need, we just need more in that attacking area and, and hopefully we, we we can do that. And, yeah. and we need someone let's to be, find uh, Let's be upbeat for that. Yeah, we've, we've got a lot of players who like running with the ball. We need someone to pick him out. Yeah. Um, I'm interested. I'm, I'm hopeful Jack Redoni will be back as well soon and, and we'll, mm. you know, that, that'll make a difference as well. Jack Redoni was yeah. good, wasn't he? Very good start of this season. So, you know, he'll be a difference and, and Ben Wiles needs to get fit. Ben Wiles struggled a little bit again. There was an opportunity in the second half, wasn't there, where he, he was played in and instead of hitting it on his left or opening his right foot, he kind of tried to cut mm. back, didn't he? And it's just, a little sign of a, a slight lack of confidence. Um, I saw a lot of, not a lot, but I saw a fair bit of Ben Wiles at Rotherham and the, the one I saw at Rotherham before he got injured would have would have just belted that and it would have been on target. Um, he was a good player at Rotherham before his injury and he's just sort of struggling a little bit just to get going. It's a shame really. Yeah. Um, because he's if he all right. His first game at West Brom, I was impressed with him. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure if he's picked up a niggle or something. Yeah, I think there's I think there's something not quite right there um, with Ben Wiles and his face, mm. but it, it's a shame because there's a good player there and and you know he's not a chance to really show that yet. But I mean, the second half lackluster. The podcast is starting to be lackluster at the minute because we're, we're, we're picking things out, aren't we, to talk about? But does this result sort of put pressure now to get a win versus Preston? You're looking at Sheffield Wednesday keep winning, QPR are now two. You know, amazing. We're four unbeaten. We're talking like we've lost the game. We haven't. We've we've got a point. Mm. But we're four unbeaten, yet we're closer to the relegation zone now than we were before this started this run, which is which is crazy. And that's because QPR have won three in a row, and they're two points behind us now. I think there were seven or so at one point, and it was you know only a couple of weeks ago, and they're absolutely flying. Chair and Willock are starting to play well under their new manager, and all of a sudden they're starting to look decent and. Huddersfield have, have sort of rejoined the bottom end of the, the lower mid-table pack, which is good. Um, you know, so we can now look up and down when we're looking at results because a couple of weeks ago we were just looking at Rotherham, Chef Wednesday, QPR, weren't we? And just sort of saying, if we can match them, it's all right, we're good. Um, <laughs> yeah. But now we're starting to look at Millwall, we're starting to look at 
um, Plymouth and uh, Coventry, Birmingham. You know, we started to look at all of them now and thinking if we can just get in the mix or in in that mix before January, and then get those three, four, you know, three four players in in January that we need, then we've got mm. a really good chance of of doing all right this year. And we could, you know, and if we get one or two who are really decent and you know change change our look, if you like, we could we could push further up rather than having to look behind our shoulder all the time. So, and that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. So no pressure, Mr. Cartwright, on that one. So I'm, I'm sick of being yeah, 20. Going back to the original point. Yeah, going back to the original point, though, is there now pressure to get a win versus Preston on Tuesday night? Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win, order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, Don't lose. And that's that's probably a negative answer, but uh, I, think, I think it's fair. It's fair. A win would be nice, but I think realistically, we're still in a position where we are trying to muddle through to January. And um, although I saw Preston play against QPR, and they were pretty bad, but then they've got a draw at Norwich, which is not a bad result. So mm. you know, if they're getting a draw at Norwich, then they'll fancy a draw at least against us, won't they? So yeah, yeah. I mean. We're looking at the table. We look at Huddersfield Town are in 21st on 21 points. So we're tracking at a point a game. I mean, 46 probably keeps you up, um, or it would do normally. Mm-hmm. Uh, QPR are, are now on 19 points, two points behind us. But we're also level on points with Stoke and Millwall and only one point behind Plymouth, who are in 18, and two behind Birmingham. And then just a win behind Swansea in, in 16. So we're not cut adrift like we were, which is, which is yeah. testament to... And I think that kind of... I know people don't like the way we're playing at the minute. I don't like the way we're playing. You don't like the way we're playing. No one likes the way we're playing. I don't think Darren Moore likes the way we're playing at the minute. I don't think he does. But I think it just kind of, I think it just kind of gives him a little credit in the bank that we've, we now, at one point, it was like the bottom three, then us, and then the rest were were, were a little bit away. And now we've caught the pack up, uh, hmm. and it's just a case of staying there, isn't it, till January? I mean, if we beat Preston, it's not inconceivable that we could go up to. 17th which which would be amazing wouldn't it but mm. on the other hand if we lose against Preston and QPR have got let me have a quick check Plymouth at home Plymouth never win away from home so I expect QPR to possibly win that on the Wednesday so by Wednesday night we could be in the bottom three we could be 17th or in the bottom three and I think that's why it's quite a good comment you made because don't lose and it puts us on 22 points which then puts QPR level if they beat Plymouth and you're not 
kind of points behind you, you level and it's not the end of the world, is it? That what is what I'm trying to say. You you're kind of still in the game, aren't you? You're still mm. you're still in the you know, you're still in the mix, if you like. You're not uh not behind. And and to be honest, if we win two or three in a row, I mean Norwich are only on twenty Norwich are only six points ahead of us in thirteenth. You know, it's not I think we've done quite well to pull it back in. I know tones of this podcast might be slightly negative because we've we've sat in the rain and wind and got wet through, we've got colds and there's no one there and it's it's all a little bit miserable watching it but you look at the table and and you think do you know what looking up if we can just string one or two together then we might you know you could you could get on a bit of a you know you can get up into that lower you know that middle of the the bottom half um but lose and then you're in the bottom three and I think town fans might start to panic a little bit if we hit that bottom three I think that's a slight worry but you know, you've got to sort of keep your nerve. Hopefully those at the club are definitely keeping their nerve in a way, but, you know, it's up, for, think, up to people like us to lose it and them to keep it, I think. I think the QPR run has sort of changed the landscape of of where we're at in the table. Because um, it was looking yeah. like, yeah. it was looking like the bottom three could just be one of those seasons where the bottom three are hopeless and you just got to stay above them. But now that I can't see QPR going down now um, with the run they're on and the players they've got. So I think... Although it doesn't look great that we're closer to the relegation zone than we were a few games ago, I think at this stage of the season, we're not even halfway yet. I think it's better to be amongst like a big a big group of teams and stay like in amongst them. And then hopefully we're not one of the three that, I think that the, goes down. I think the next two matches are like you said, just don't lose. You know, we've got Millwall away coming up as well, haven't we? I think that's another one where we're level on points with them and they're not very good. They're the worst. I think they're the worst team at home in the league this season. Um, I hate saying things like that because, you know, we're, we're usually charity FC, aren't we? When uh, when you're on a bad run, it's Huddersfield who you want to play, isn't it? But mm. Millwall, Millwall are struggling. The new manager's not quite, it's not quite worked. I mean, Stoke have sacked their manager today. Alex Neal's gone and they're talking about John Eustace uh, coming in, I think some people are living in Cloud Cuckoo Land with Graham Potter being the suggestion. But Eustace <laughs> appears. Oh no, Potter and the Potters. This guy has a great ring, isn't it? Great ring to it. But you know, John Eustace is decent. I like him, but he usually takes a little bit of time to get going, doesn't he? So I, I, I like him. I think Stoke have got good players. I'm surprised they're so low, to be honest. Although you should never be surprised by Stoke because they constantly let let you down don't they as, as if you if you're a gambling person everyone always says oh Stoke top six and then they're always like milling around 18th they're like what's Stoke doing again so mm-hmm. they're, they're the cat I think me and Brady refer to them as the catfish of the championship don't they they always look like they're going to be top six and then you turn up and they're like 20th again and it's this cat, catfish catfish, catfish or the, the bottom man. <laughs> exactly both um, but yeah so you know the table itself you know it's not it's, we're, not, we're not a million miles away. Um, so even in the top half, look, Preston are ninth and they're on 29. You know, it's not stuff like that. I know we're probably, we're unlikely to finish ninth this season unless we sign a couple of absolute, you know, worldies. We pull something, pull some rabbits out of hats. But it just shows that the league is, it's far from decided. It's far from cut and dry. Huddersfield, even if we go in the bottom three by not beating Preston on, on Tuesday, isn't it? Even then, you know, nothing's cut and dried. There's a lot to play for and January is just a few weeks away. Um, unfortunately, there's quite a few games in December, which isn't mm. nice, is it, for us? But we've got, you know, we've got Preston um, and then 
Millwall, like I said, I think Norwich uh, are in there. I think we've got to go away to Norwich at some point as well. Yeah, Norwich, Norwich on the 23rd and Middlesbrough, Blackburn on the 26th. And I think we've got Middlesbrough, yeah, Middlesbrough on the 29th. So Not some easy. tough games. But to be honest, they're all games we're capable of getting things from, whether it's just a point or whether it's just to shit out something, you know. Oh. I thought you just said Southampton and Sunderland would, you know, on paper, we're not going to get anything out of them, but we've yeah, got four true, points, yeah. so you never know. Exactly. Uh, you know, uh, this, this, like I say, this team is playing for Darren Moore. It's not playing great football or anything, but, you know, I don't think there are there are many players there that aren't putting it in for, for him. Um, it's just it's just grinning and bearing it until January. And it is hard to grin and bear it when you sit, when you sat there and you're getting rained on. And I mean, there were people in the lower tier of the FM stand in the FM lower wow. or bigger, <laughs> bigger head end or whatever it's called. And there were people in the lower tier just, and they were just having to move up to the back. <laughs> it, it just wasn't the nicest. It was just, yeah, it was just I, a think, crap day when it, I think it looks weather in, in a way it looks worse having like 50 people in that stand than, than closing it. I get the idea behind it. You know, you want fans behind the goal. But I, you know, think about it. Look at the weather, the time of year. The crowds are low anyway. I think I think that's maybe one to look at and maybe try reopening it once it starts, you know, brightening up and, you know, things are getting better again on the pitch. And maybe that's an idea to revisit, but maybe keep it close for now. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's not that we had... Um... Me and Paz had our season tickets in there when we started the um, Cowshed Loyal in like 2008 or something. We went down there and we, we, we and, it, and to be honest, when it rained, it was it was pretty miserable, pretty grim when you were down there and it's raining into you because the wind sweeps into your face there as well. It's not it's not the best stand in the world, unfortunately, but you know, make it cheap enough and, it, and people can grin and bear it if it's if it's cheap enough, can't they? But yeah. Mm. So moving on to. Um, Away from the Bristol series, I don't have an opposition review this week because I didn't ask the Bristol City guy because I thought I was pulling the pod. To be honest, that's pulling the pod, not pod. Um, I, I thought I didn't think there was going to be a podcast. I've not asked them, but I, I presume he'd, I presume he'd say it was wasn't the best game, and they ended up probably. I don't know. Did, did we deserve? I think we deserved a point pretty much in the game, didn't we? I think the draw. I think the draw was probably the fair result in the end. I think if anyone. Yeah could have said they they could have snuck it then probably them but I think a draw was probably fair on the day and the final bit for the podcast really is now we're into December a certain Mr. Alan Nixon is rubbing his hands together his Patreon is doing numbers uh, and he's back with stories this week and this weekend is announced that Town will look to cash in on Rahima Diara uh, a young player who I like to be honest I just um I just don't think it's. I've, I've just felt for a while that it's not really going to happen for him at Huddersfield. It's just. I just don't think he's got the solidity around him to, you know, in, in the team for him to grow. And um, I don't think he has the ball enough, and I don't think he has options when he gets the ball that he, that he wants either because of the way that we're playing at the minute. And from what I heard a while ago, he's, he doesn't really want to sign a new deal at Huddersfield. So, I mean trying to sell him in January before his contract's up and he can go for nothing to uh, a team in Europe or wherever. Um, probably makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I think he's gone backwards a little bit last few few yeah. months. I think since, since Warnock's left, he's not been the same. And the biggest thing is learning when to release the ball. So, you know, really frustrating. 
he'll beat four men and then he'll try and beat a fifth and sixth. He's all, he's a bit head down. Or he'll go back and try and beat them again. He's, he's, yeah, I've lost I've lost patience with him a bit, especially now. No, I knew that this this was probably going to come about. I didn't think he'd stay beyond this season. So, yeah, it probably makes sense to try and get a little bit of money for him. I don't think we'll get that much, given that he's got six months left on his contract. But I mean, yeah, a couple of add-ons a sell-on fee, and you'd be quite happy, wouldn't you, just in case he yeah. He makes it. And, and Nixon says that Leicester were quite interested in him at one point. I'm not sure why Leicester. Had, I suppose. I suppose you can see he's still only what is he 20, 21? He's not. He's still got a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of development on his side, doesn't he? But like you say, it's the decision making, and I think when he plays for Huddersfield, his decision making because he's get he'll get the ball that that little that when he when he gets the ball in certain areas we need his decision making to be spot on every time otherwise we're not going to have the ball for 10 minutes it's just the, the like I say the style that we play just doesn't doesn't really suit him whereas under Neil Warnock we played differently we, we only had low possession similar but we got more men forward when we when we broke out we tended to get a lot more people forward and there were a lot more options for him to do things and I think Neil Warnock kind of understood how good he was because to be fair DR is actually really good off the ball you watch him off the ball and he's, and he's really good actually it's it's on the ball where where you would think it was his his strength but to be fair he's really good at blocking the passing lanes and working hard and back and he, he gets tackles in he's, he's you know he's really good at that to be fair it's it's like I say it's the re- knowing when to release the ball or or just looking up at certain moments and I think he could get away with it a bit more in in a better team, it'd be, it'd be like lightning in a bottle, wouldn't he? Uh, you know, in, a, in a, a team who attack a lot more than us. Whereas mm. with us, he's, he gets the ball and he might have Danny Ward 30 yards from him, marked by three people and, he, and he's got to run with it and try and commit people. And it's just, I think it's probably a bit too much on him at the minute, but it's just, uh, it's just one of those things, unfortunately, that it seems that it might, it might be that he, uh, he goes elsewhere and, I've met him in the club shop. He's a lovely guy. Um, wish him the best of luck if he does move. And I, I would like to keep him. To be honest, uh, you know, if he if he'd sign a new contract, I'd quite like to keep him. I think I think in time he'd be quite decent if we got better players in. But I think it's just it's just the situation, isn't it? We need probably still need to get some out to get better ones in, if you like. And if Diara has to go to bring in somebody who's twenty five, twenty six, and a lot more settled in what they're doing, then. Then maybe it's what we need to do. It's just, it's just the way it goes, isn't it, Josh? It's just decisions that they have to make. But, um, he also goes on to say that we're in the queue for Joe Gelhard at Leeds. Gel, go ahead, can't say his name. Gelhard. Uh, I mean, he was on loan at Sunderland last season, and he got three goals in eighteen games at Sunderland. One of them against us, typically. Um, this is one of those where I kind of see it, and I think, yeah, he's he's all right, but I don't really want him to be coming in to be the main striker by by the same token. And I think that might be what, I think if, if I were Leeds United, I'd be like, well, I want him to go out, learn, play every week and develop. Whereas with us, can we afford that in the situation we're in? Can we afford somebody who doesn't really hold the ball up that much as a few tricks here and there, can run the lines a little bit, doesn't score a lot of goals so far. I mean, he's 21 at some point, you know, Jokeres at one point at 21-22 what was similarly was you know just quite good at running the lines didn't score a lot of goals and all of a sudden you know they just it just happens doesn't it you know I'm sure Gelhard it'll happen for him at one point but for me I'm not I'm not sure I'd want to put all my eggs in that basket at the minute um, but 
if he's secondary to another striker, then then I'm probably more for it then. Yeah, I'm, I agree on that. You know, he's he's only scored six goals, six league goals in his career, um, in 75 appearances. For a lot of which will have been off the bench, granted. Yeah, but you, if you if he's your only striker and he's your main man, that's a hell of a gamble for someone who's got six league goals. So he's an exciting player. Um, he, he burst on the scene at least. It could play wide as it can play wide a little bit as well, can't he? That's something else to think yeah, about. If you play in a front three, you could play he could come in from one of the sides, can't he? Yeah, sure, yeah, that's an option. I've been impressed with him when I've seen him. Um I think I don't know now, but Leeds fans rated him highly a couple of years ago. Um but yeah, also, you know, with him being from Leeds as well, you know, some people work like that. So it won't be a popular signing with everyone, but um yeah, that's it. I think, I think Hull that, are, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Hull are interesting everybody. I think that there'll be some... Uh, I mean, like a, a group of like other championship content creators and all of them are saying, we need a striker. Everyone wants a striker all of the time. And I'm just like, great. You know what I mean? Because there's a Uddersfield Town sat in 21st in the table, possibly. Possibly could be higher, possibly could be lower come come January and you're just thinking you know in terms of options are we going to get picked over a Middlesbrough or you know Middlesbrough or who else would be looking Norwich or you know it, it, it's more difficult for us isn't it in this in this you know um, national market if you like I, I think town's best success might come abroad if if we've got some if Mark Cartwright's got a couple of people that he trusts abroad, you know, I, I tend to think that maybe bringing in players, but I think a lot of times clubs abroad tend to be a lot better run than championship clubs, shall we say. And they'll be thinking, right, we've got a number of clubs that we're thinking we've got a player with six months left on his contract. Now's a particular time to sell. And I think there's probably quite a lot of forward players across Europe who would qualify for work permits and, and things that the, the rules are slightly changing, aren't they? But I'm not quite sure if they're brought in yet with the poor foreign player rule that they were going to bring in. But I think they might, town might get better success if they, if they look abroad rather than domestically, because domestically, I think it, it tends to be the same clubs look, you know, the same 10, 10 to 12 clubs look at the same players and, and yeah, you know, I, I'd obviously pick town over everyone every, every time because I'm a Huddersfield fan. But I think if you if you've been realistic financially, Huddersfield, I don't think are going to be, you know, out muscling Middlesbrough or, or whoever. But abroad, if they're clever, I think town might gain a little success there, mm-hmm. and and that's what I'm kind of pinning my hopes on. Whereas Gelhart, I mean, yeah, you you take him, uh, like I say, as a, as a second option to. You know another another striker who'd be a main number one, but I just think maybe Town might might need to be clever this window rather than just compete for the same players everyone else's. But you know we'll yeah, see. I'm sure more links will look. Uh, realistically, you're not going to sign a proven Championship goalscorer when you're 21st in the league. So you've either no, got to go tell. abroad or League One, or you take a different route and you. You sign a striker who may not... You sign a Delano Bergzog that no one knows about. Yeah. May not score many goals himself, but maybe he will um, create more opportunities for other attacking players to score. Yeah. I mean, I I think if 
Darren Moore's playing three five two. I think there's room for both there. I think I think we probably do need some form of target man who's big, quick, strong. And if he doesn't score a lot of goals, that's fine. If they bring someone in to play alongside him, um, you could have a. You think he will play three five two? Um, I think it suits us more because of the three centre backs. I mean, the centre backs are our strong point, aren't they? Um, they are, but I'm but not sure if the they only thing are I don't like ball, about it on the ball, Pearson and Lee's. When you, when you play yeah, the back three, great. they get the ball a lot. Yeah, it's not great. And the problem as well is Hogg tends to drop into that three quite a lot as well. Um, and Kasumi was not blessed with the, you know, a lot of passing ability. They, he's, like I say, set the goal up great, um, but he's not he's not someone who dictates the game. I'm trying to say he's good at driving forward. He's not a uh, an Aramoy type. So. Yeah, so we need we do need a, a central midfielder who can dictate the game and knock the ball around um, as well. And if you're playing a back three, then Hogan Kasumu is is like double protection, isn't it? It's like I almost I almost said something inappropriate then, but it's you know <laughs> that kind of that, that kind of um, double layer, if you like, of of protection. <laughs> this is going off piece really badly, but they're. Um, that's fine in the situation we're in, but if we're then going to, you know, bring strikers in and get, we, we're going to need players that can get them into the game. Is where I'm going with that. And mm. Hogan Kasumu pro and a back three probably doesn't really do that as much as you like. So if we're bringing these forwards, we're going to need someone to knit the play from the the first to the third, the yeah. third third or I, final I, I, third. I should say. If you're playing a back three, you need one of the three to be your Levi Colwell, who can take the ball, carry the ball if needed. Yeah, you you look at Nakayama, don't you, for that? But yeah, he, he, there are weaknesses with Nakayama when he plays on the left side of the centre backs as well, aren't they? I, I like him as a footballer; I think he's great. But potentially, yeah. I, I potentially I, I quite like a back four with Pearson at right back. I know he's not the he's not a natural right back, but you can play Nakayama then on the left, can't you? And you, then you just have that wrap around oh. with the three. Yeah, Nakayama can just go forward a bit more and. And use his passing abil- ability, and and you have someone else, you know, who can pass on that sort of right hand side, uh, and mm. then you've just got a bit more creativity in the team, and you can knit things together. I think that's what that's my frustration with watching Town at the minute. I don't see patterns of play developing, and that's what frustrates me watching Huddersfield. I just I don't see um, I don't see a style. I don't see patterns emerging. I don't see them trying things. Try I just see them kind of like. I just see them clinging on quite a lot, and then going direct to uh, to disrupt, and then and then bring the chaos. That's what Neil Warnock did, and he? he brought the chaos, which yeah. I could understand what that and why. But I'm, I'm still not seeing sort of patterns emerging, other than play direct balls to the wing and then and then cross it into the box. That's that's all I can all I've seen so far this year, and that's under Warnock as well um, this season. I just. I just want to see a bit more emerging and I kind of want a central midfielder to be brought in as well just to help with that rather than um, rather than just play this standard of football or this type of football we play at the minute because it's it's not it's not great to watch is it and unless they you know you can bring in a target man if you like but you need someone to be able to hit him with with the pass every time don't you and, and Helix yeah. not I think Helix a little bit underrated with his feet but and Lee's is okay in certain things but Matty Pearson's probably a bit more rushed, so shall we say, than uh, than the other two. But yes. like I say, Nakayama, Nakayama can play. And we don't really have a, a, a ball-playing goalkeeper either, do we? You know, Nichols and Maxwell are not exactly 
sweeper keepers are they all are good at what they do they're not they're not someone who's going to uh, come out and then start playing Claudio Bravo type passes through the thirds and what have you are they so and and to be fair you're not going to get many at this level anyway but um but yeah that's what we're we're thinking of so I think that's that's all I've got that's all my, I think my cold can take for today Josh I'll be honest yeah um mm-hmm. but yeah so we move on we move on back stronger as Peter Crouch always says we're just muddling through, aren't we? We're just trying to we're grind through. We've muddled through since the first few minutes of the podcast. Never mind never mind Huddersfield Town from now till January. It's, it's all the same, isn't it? We're muddling we through. Football club we're muddling a, through. We're a reflection of what's going on on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, our standards aren't particularly great at the minute, but never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Tuesday night, uh, I've got, I'm really sort of... I think I'm, I'm gonna, as long as my cold improves, I'll, I'll be there on Tuesday night. But I'm not sure many are going to be. Josh, the the attendance was mm-hmm. not. I mean, the people in the ground. I mean, I thought seven thousand, seven and a half thousand, maybe on Saturday, and people are just just fed up, aren't they? People are, are fed up, and the people that are going are fed up. It's it's just not yeah. not fun, is it? At the minute, I mean, the weather probably played. I mean, my my other half and five year old looked outside and just went going by yourself today so mm. I, I i went without them but um and tuesday night isn't he doesn't go on tuesday nights because he's five and obviously has to be in bed by half eight so um yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure it's going to be a, a particular big attendance i wouldn't imagine Pre- preston acting preston in a, a weird form at the minute aren't they i don't think their fans are particularly happy so i don't think there'll be a big following over it's going to be a bit of a uh Bit of a throwback to when uh, there were just a couple of thousand rattling around in there, isn't there? I think, but I mean, I think if we score, if we score first, I think that the fans will back them, and then and then it actually, um, hopefully, hopefully drives them on because I, I think we could possibly do with a win. I, I agree with you that it's a must not lose, but I do think we need to get a win from either Preston or Millwall just to keep in that pack uh, and not get um, not get a couple of points adrift because I think panic might set in. Um, to the fans at, at certain points, and and I think sometimes that transfers onto the field, doesn't it? When the nervous energy kind of transfers a little bit at times into uh, into how how the team play, but you know, yeah. a win, a win, a win will do wonders for us all. A Christmas miracle, Josh, is what we need, and I think that's <laughs> yeah, the probably yeah, probably a good you know, way to finish. I'm just tripping doing, up myself here. Yeah, we're doing it tough at the moment. Um, it's it's a it's tough for the fans, really. Because you know where we are in the league, and is it going to get better? But you just got to hope, haven't you? You just got to hope that it's it will get better. Exactly. <laughs> be turn up, season. get behind them, and then yeah. you know, I mean, turn up, get behind the team. If they if they lose and they play crap, I mean, let them know. You know, <laughs> the town fans aren't shy. Are they and let them know. And I've got no no issues with that as long as it's yeah. relatively. Well, but like I said, the, the efforts there. I know that should be that should be the bare minimum, shouldn't it? But. I guess, I well, we've seen, we've seen many town, town, town teams of the past where it's not, so you know it's worth mentioning, isn't it? So I think there's a difference between trying your best and you know being like really at it and you know giving absolutely everything and having the intensity in your game. Um, you know, right, fathers. Ball, and I think I think we are seeing that. So yeah. I'm not going to be too critical at the moment. I think we're doing the best with what we've got. Uh, I know not everyone agrees, and that's fair enough. And a few weeks ago, I was more of that opinion. But <clears throat> last few games, I've sort of bitten the bullet and thought, you know, 
we are where we are. Just um, just what we can do is just, just try and stick with it. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, if you're not training with intensity, I thought that's where <laughs> you were going with that for a moment. I thought you were going to go yeah, on, full on another, day, on another day, we could have won. But uh, the yeah. referee was not a credit to his family. Yeah, oh, God. Just, I just had a flashback from people announcing Mark Fotheringham taking training from KFC Car Park just as a flashback then, which was a classic <laughs> moment from last season. But I think that'll do for this week. Um, thanks, Josh, for saving the pod. And uh, we will be back next week um, with Mr. Hartrick if the Institute for um, Science and Illness uh, let him have us back. Cheers, all. There's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright, blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today And then the bells will ring so merrily Every goal shall be a memory So town play up And bring that cup Back to Huddersfield So town play up And bring the cup Back to The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.